I just found this thing at the vape shop the other day. I, yeah. It, fetish urine is now available to purchase at your local vape shop. As a vape? No, fetish. Wouldn't that be it? <laughs> that be wild though. Fetish urine. I guess people use it to um, uh, cheat drug tests. But like, if you're packaging oh. urine and <laughs> and selling it, like that is not going to be quality urine. I can't tell you how many times I have t- given blood for a porn shoot and then be flown out only for them to say, "Oh, your blood was sitting in this truck for too long. It 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 lowered the temperature a little bit, and now we can't use it, so we need to take it again." So, but if you're selling Whoa. urine, you have to smuggle that into wherever you're being monitored to take this drug yeah. test, and then produce this sack of fetish urine that you purchased at the smoke shop down the road like what is going on here this is too complicated where are they getting this urine from who is producing this but that's a great job yeah that's your that's an easy job just a (laughs) dream job (laughs) making fetish urine Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Flapping and Fawning. I'm just a deer stuck in headlights. Fawn. Even smiling makes my face ache. Flapjack. Hi, I'm Eddie Danger, and I'm here to fuck. (laughs) (laughs) There's my tagline. Yes, Eddie, welcome back. Hi. Thank you so much for joining us again for episode two of the week. Very happy to be here. Can you just start by reminding our listeners of your pronouns and where they can find you on social media? Oh, uh, he, him, and uh, you can find me at Eddie Danger on Instagram and, you know, Facebook or whatever. You can Google it. You'll probably find some weird shit. Pornhub. Yay. All sorts of places. Yeah, and I'm very excited to chat with you about that experience oh um, my God. in this episode. Like for, <laughs> yeah, I mean, we love virality. Um, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> very exciting stuff. Well, you know, this is just our chance to catch up a bit. I mean, Pride Month is just getting started at the time of this recording. Yeah. Um, so how has Pride been treating y'all? Um, well, we had Pride on the Plains last weekend. Yes. At the time of recording. We hosted all day. That was the most comfortable pride that i've ever had truly i wore a blast i wore outfits that i didn't have to wear pads in (gasps) we had our pussycat wig matching moment yeah (laughs) and we had a little fan blowing directly on us all day on the stage that was covered so it was nice and comfortable it wasn't too hot outside awesome i shaved my legs so i wouldn't have to pad I like got up at 6 a.m. and shaved my legs. Well, it's like 90 degrees here. I, I, that's great. <laughs> Meanwhile, Wait. I just wear one pair of tights and one Th- pair of fishnets. That's not hot to you? 90 degrees? Well, I mean, not right now. It is hot. That's what I'm saying. Oh, my God. Oh, oh, okay, yeah. okay. The reverse. I understand. <laughs> it's that. really hot, so it's great. It's great that you guys can do that. Yeah. I just got naked. <laughs> well, yeah, Pride, Pride on the Plains was amazing. I did lose my voice after that. And right now, it, I'm wor- it, it, the college I work at, it's orientation season. So I'm constantly talking to people. And I eventually completely lost my voice on oh. like Tuesday through Thursday. Oh, yeah. And Fawn, you got your wish. I, was, I just had to plug my fucking mouth. <laughs> 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 and people had to cover for me at events and stuff. I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. But um, oh. yeah, but I'm glad it's it's back and tonight i'm going to be hosting the boys of pride show at quest with eddie danger and oh yeah many other boys of pride it's gonna be weird i'm bringing a weird show 
There's a I'm lot of excited. good people lined up in that show. Totally. I was really shocked because I I, I didn't realize Axel was going to be there. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wonderful lineup. <laughs> but also I had a... I don't think we've had a chance because we, we missed two weeks but due to Pride on the Plains for the yes. podcast. So I did want to say a huge thank you to Central Alabama Pride. I was named the 2023 Entertainer of the Year. Ah, congratulations. Um, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. They, they asked me to come co-host the event. And I was like, I don't have to get in drag, right? Because it's like an hour <laughs> after I get off work. So I showed up. I was helping pass off the awards and eventually they wouldn't give me one and i was like wait what's going on and then as they were reading the description i heard them say camp wanakiki and i was like uh, ah ah that's me but it's funny people keep introducing me as a finalist on camp wanakiki and i'm who like keeps introducing you as a finalist. this has happened to me three times once was when i went to orlando do um, people not watch the show no but i was like you know what i'll take it i'll let people think that it's i'm fine. better than i was it's fine and um yeah and they said that there too but hey i'll take it why not i actually i actually like i was a finalist it's like being called a porn star if you could slap it on an advertisement and you can sell yourself as it then god bless you amen take the higher booking fee yes yeah you know what i was a finalist on yes, camp wanakiki thank you yes i was in the final episode <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> for a little bit um yeah and also didn't you have some uh, an exciting thing happened this week with mark oh yeah taurine competed for pride idol and won they were like on the fence on whether she was going to compete and whether they were going to do it out of drag or if she was going to do it in drag and i was just like no just do it you can do it i believe in you and do it in drag these are the (laughs) outfit i was like you, I know you can do this song because I've heard you do it at karaoke enough that like it's better than karaoke quality. Nice. So you can do this song and just find your other song that you have to prepare. And I was like, these are the outfits that you have that you can wear that'll look good. And I was like, and you can do this. She, she looked great. I'm so glad. Congratulations, Toreen. We are so happy for you. Um, and I'm glad to have another crown in our little friend group. Right. That's awesome. Um, yeah. What What have you been up to this Pride season, Eddie? Oh, I, I've been... Ch- uh, a lot of aerial acrobatics, to be honest. I'm very overwhelmed. Nice. Um, I decided, yeah, right around the time. See, I get a little break in my life where nothing happens for a couple of months in there. And I try to, okay, well, then I get a little antsy and I say, oh, yeah. let me sign up for all this crazy bullshit. And then uh, it all hits me all at once. <laughs> and so uh, Camp Wanakiki was going to start airing, but I wasn't entirely ready for the airing. But I knew that we were going to do a premiere. I knew that I was going to be start, start doing some uh, uh, touring around the country around that point. And um, I yeah. decided I was going to do this aerial competition. And I've been doing these aerial acrobatics on chains. And so it's incredibly difficult to train that shit. And I have to be home. It has to be good weather because I do it outside or in the studio. Yeah. Beating my body up. I've been like bruised and broken for days and days. Like I take no breaks. So it's always it's one thing to the next. I go into the day job, getting out, uh, training on my chains, bending over backwards, literally <laughs> swinging around wow. from the air. But I'm, I'm aiming towards Denver. And that's where my big gig is. I mean, I'm doing this competition, but really that's just going to be like, well, I'm submitting this little video for this virtual competition. And then I'm doing the big gig in Denver. And hopefully I'll become like a next level sort of professional aerialist. That's so exciting. Thank you. Uh, I love watching your videos online. Thank you. Um, (laughs) And like, I've got a cousin that does silks, so I can only imagine how much harder chains would be to silk. Yeah. Well, I've been doing this kind of, I mean, I just picked it up over the last two years doing it as like a full ass aerial art form. But when I was a baby, baby stripper and I was working at Secrets, we would dance naked and there was this giant chain hanging hanging from one of the positions. And I would wrap my leg around that and do a bunch of spinning around. And I mean, I 
I tr- essentially conditioned my leg for it when I was really fucking young. And I used to do contortion acts naked in that in that same space. So this all kind of came together around the same time as like Go Go for the Gold um, yeah. was filming. Yeah. So I basically dragged, and I got sober around that time. So I dragged out my whole act from when I was 21 years old. And I said, I guess this is what my 30s look like. <laughs> so I ended up like back on those chains. And now I'm going so hard because it's like essentially everything I wanted to do. I even went to a parkour studio when I was like... 22, 23, trying to find somebody to train me in this specific art form, but I didn't have the words. I didn't understand like how to say, this is what I want to do because everybody would be like, oh, oh, you mean like swinging around on chains like straps? And I'm like, nah, not so much like straps, like chain thingies. And then eventually I just gave up and I guess did my whole uh, stripping life doing the Hey Queen thing, whatever. Yeah. And then, but it all kind of came together. But it's funny that it all happened around the time Go Go for the Gold came out. So I basically just went back in time and I'm doing the same fucking thing I've always been doing, except now amped up to the next level. So you amped up the camp per uh, se. Yes. As yeah. say. And it's nice because it's like I don't work out in a gym and I'm, I, I managed to keep this body intact because what I'm doing is like in, intense calisthenics, explosive oh, yeah. movements, like contortion, wow. like incredible back bends that are like really moving muscles that you otherwise wouldn't be using and yeah i mean i'm just having the best time with it it's miserable to train (laughs) but it's thrilling because it's kind of like being on a roller coaster all you hear are the chains clanging around in there and just trying to keep up with yourself but it's finally coming to the point where i feel like pretty competent um but you know like any other thing it's you learn one thing it's on to the next and yeah i've done some things with the silks and I've, i've i've picked up the lira and some other strap stuff, but you know, and just you know how it is. There's just so much like str- like core strength oh, yeah. that goes into that that yeah. I could not imagine. Yeah, but I mean, it's like core. It's if you're working at your core, your whole life is better. Yeah, it's mm. the, it's the most important muscle. Your core, you know, and it's like the happiness that you feel like after getting a really good workout that works everything out without sitting there and being like rep one, two, mm-hmm. three, four. That's not fun. I don't like gym. Yeah, I, I don't like gym culture. I don't like the people that go to the gym. I don't like people who bodybuild. I'm sorry. I didn't say that. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, no, I mean, I just I mean, I'm sure we have lots of people who go to the gym regularly. It's just not, <laughs> it's, it's just not something I enjoy doing. Yeah. I want to be yeah. out in the sun. I want to prance and, 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 and carry on. And then once this whole thing's together it's this macho act that's Mm. like using every muscle in your body so i mean lean muscle there you go Mm -hmm. you just have to keep up with conditioning and healing your bruises which is arnica oil and uh and protein and uh working hands if anybody's got it for those blisters (laughs) (laughs) so would you say that's like how you got your start with also i guess i want to back up a bit how would you describe like the entertainer that you are and and is that how you got your start honestly it's a weird it's a weird fucking story yeah <laughs> um, but, uh, i just to cut out all the bullshit i i started <laughs> with a bunch of drag queens i was the only guy and then they would have like um the male burlesque troupe come in called mm. hard candy and i didn't fit in with them and they honestly didn't like all the gay shit going on with me because oh. they were those guys that would come barging through the gay bar who also did like uh nights in like straight clubs with with a bunch of girls where it'd be like yeah. oh these hunky men coming in and i was out there like with my little angel wings on trying to do pretty shit and i was uh, immediately ostracized from that but <clears throat> uh, cut to go to grad school had to make a living went and worked naked in a bar for a while 
while. Yeah. But like I've always been like in the world with drag queens. So like since I had this background of performing primarily with drag queens at like Club Ambush, Virginia Beach, all those places, I, I created numbers that were a little weird and I didn't realize that, that that sort of thing was happening across the country, but not not from where I saw. So eventually once like the, the nude dancing thing, it was nude go-go dancing, but I was doing some stuff Ooh, on party. the chains. I was doing some back bends. I was doing a bunch of splits. I was trying to be a little more fun, but I would have one night a week where I could do my thing and have my one man show up there. <laughs> and so I like came out as Jesus Christ, got nailed to a cross. Oh my I, God. I, I, I came out as like a, uh, like a, a survivor contestant with a tiki <laughs> torch, not that kind of tiki torch, but then I tore away into a hula skirt and coconut bra. Like I was oh, doing I love all that. sorts of stupid shit. I set myself on fire one time as the Statue of Liberty came out as, as a, uh, a, a rocket pop right after that. So it was like all of these weird things eventually got totally naked. By the way, as I was Jesus Christ, I handed, doled out the Eucharist to the tipping customers. Thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah. But it was that sort of thing. So I've always been around the drag queens. Yeah. And I was always like Im- deeply embedded in that. And then eventually I go over to Hey Queen, who I don't even know how the fuck they found me because I was like, I was out of the industry at that point, sneaking mm. off to gay bars to go watch RuPaul's Drag Race when it was something you could actually watch and be happy about. Yeah. Um, I remember it used to be like um, a sporting event going to see a drag oh, yeah. game party. And everybody would be like, you know, you know, it's a, woo, woo. <laughs> what I'm doing right now is the, is the, is a baseball sports bar. Whoa. Yeah. He got that. <laughs> no, it was t- very different. It was like, yeah. <laughs> like when acid Betty came out on roller skates, people were freaking out. And so I would escape to that. I didn't realize that I was missing that whole part of my life until yeah. hey queen said, why don't you come out and do this thing? And I did that uh, Trixie and Katya episode, and that was such a big deal because they happened to be the ones that were booked on the same day that I flew out to Los Angeles and took a chance and was wow. a part of that. So from that point forward, Johnny McGovern would have me out to like do little things, and I would always try to bring it to the next level from what I knew, under, how I understood my place in the drag community was, you have to be fun, you can't just be sexy, you have to add something to the ambiance. And like the lap dances I saw in the past were just kind of guys coming up and being like men. Yeah. I didn't find that entertaining. I you needed like a concept there. Yeah, yeah honestly, I, I didn't want to feel awkward either if I was just coming up and groping people. But I was like, if I'm going to be working with drag queens and being fun and exciting, I'm going to bring some wacky things. So uh, Stacey Lane Matthews, I was feeding her uh, fried chicken or like um, <laughs> I, I'd come up with uh, James Mansfield. We had a puppet that was like my little go-go son or whatever. Yes. Like we tried to make it a little wacky. And so that's where I kind of started to exist in this whole community. So I'm embedded with the drag entertainment industry but not so much right. <laughs> you know I'm kind of on the fringe which is odd and so I was the hey queen guy for a while and then that turned into um, uh, I did the go go for the gold thing which was basically RuPaul's Drag Race for male, yeah. <laughs> male dancers um, uh, I, I don't think they've had any uh, non-binary people uh, as they as identified at, on the show. Well, I have one who I think would be a really great addition to Go-Go for the Gold. There you um, go. But I, I, I definitely want to talk about Go-Go for the Gold. Um, and I'm really glad that you are, that we're getting to have this conversation. Because I don't think I've gotten to like get to know you in this way before, no, Eddie. No. And but we're always like, we, we can't hang out when we're doing Camp Wanakiki. Right. right. We're, we're busy, <laughs> you know, trying to make those deadlines and whatnot. Um <laughs> Deciding between doing makeup or eating food, you know? Um, but, like, it, I, I feel like the, to me, like, the entertainment that you do, it's almost like a whole other world because in Birmingham, I don't see a lot of male entertainers or go-go dancers right. 
ever, you know? Right. I, I mean, like, we we have don't some... have those kind of bars here. The closest, we would occasionally have a go-go dancer back at Spike's. There would be one mm. periodically because they would have a cage. Upside down in the cage. <laughs> um, <laughs> Sorry, well, it's, 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 it's so regional. We need that on the soundboard. We do, I, I can't. That's bullying. It's bullying once it's on the soundboard. That's <laughs> it's, it's really regional, I think, because yeah. every time I'd go to a different city, like I would go to like North Carolina when I was younger, and they'd be like, give us a number, just like you did. Mm. And I'll, all of a sudden, I'm like, well, I'm a go-go dancer, or I can stand there and smile at people, and I could say hi and shake my ass. Oh, but now I'm producing a number. So like when yeah. I when I would go down to do those gigs, I'd be like, well, I guess I'll be a skeleton. So I had like a like a coffin that I'd come out of that could easily turn into a rocket ship, and then I could be an astronaut the next the next uh, number. So I had to do kind of like a male drag anyway. Yeah. So it's just, but I I come at it from a standpoint of comedy because I need I can't I can't feel like a body. It's I'm not bringing enough if I'm just a body. Like if I'm just a dancer, I don't find that as entertaining. Entertaining alongside drag queens, you have people that are full ass characters running yeah. around serving like a whole image, giving you a fantasy, and then you've got this guy who's just got his <laughs> underwear on dancing around. So I was always like, well, I'll attack it from this standpoint, do like a whole little spectacle about it, you know? So that was where what I what I was doing for a while. But it is really regional because you'll go to a small club in North Carolina, but then when you go to like Say um, Washington D.C., where mm-hmm. everybody's a go-go dancer, and you have to like dance around to like circuit party music, and they only book like circuit party dancers. So good luck honing your craft out there yeah. because you're just uh, doing the two-step on a box, which you got to be on drugs to enjoy that. So, <laughs> so, but I mean, luckily this go-go for the gold thing is like taking the concept of the go-go dancer and it's expecting people to elevate it to the next level. I haven't seen the next season, so I don't know how far they take that, but that's like that's I'm assuming a whole part of it but that's what i do i said let's jump into it. i want to hear about your experience on gogo for the gold um uh, like what, what did you like what you dislike what was it like <laughs> seeing yourself on tv in a competition setting oh it's weird it's yeah because i was sober <laughs> so sobriety right. is a whole fucking miserable journey of like realize how to figuring out how to talk to people again especially because it was during the uh, pandemic you know mm-hmm. and i'm not anybody i don't think i'm anything all i know is that i owed it to johnny mcgovern for the amount of times he had me doing Hey Queen that if you call me, I'm there, you yeah. know? And it's not like I even had a choice in the matter because I, oh, I, my loyalty said, you're going to do this and you're going to execute as well as you can. So, uh, did I feel like I did all that great? Well, I was in retirement. <laughs> I've been in retirement and in retirement from feeling high and mighty because I was sober. Fair. So and I lost yeah. all this fucking weight because I stopped drinking and I stopped carrying on in bars. I lost all my friends in the bars too. Mm. So I didn't have any community around me, no gay community, nothing going on. And then suddenly I have to go to fly across to Los Angeles. I had nobody who, who could make costumes for me. Everything I made was either handmade or some fucking designer that I found who knew somebody who might make a fucking thong for me. But listen, I, I felt that you really brought it in the costumes no, department. You. Like, because I bit, okay, I had been waiting, we had been debating whether we were going to review Go-Go for the Gold <laughs> um, on here and then I was like, okay, well, when I found out you were coming, I was like, I just need to watch it because we're going to talk about it. Right. So I Thank you. made this huge boa and binge watched it the whole time I was making it. Yeah. And I was like, Eddie is bringing it. Why are they not appreciating his <laughs> yeah. hard work? And, yeah, I, mean, I fully was like Eddie should have gone further in this competition. Thank you. Because mm-hmm. me and my partner watched it live as it was coming out. Because mm-hmm. I was like, oh my god, this is 
cool. This yeah. is something different. We're getting to see a different form of queer art than we normally see. Yeah. And I was like, and I've followed you for years. Hmm. So I was Thank like, you. yeah, we have to watch this. Yeah, totally. Well, I appreciate that. And I, I, I was listening to all of your commentary on it. That was, it was fascinating to hear your impressions and, you know, honestly spot on because a lot of people, I was snubbed by a lot of people because they just felt like I was in a different show. But the mm. thing is, I don't live in Los Angeles. I flew out to Los Angeles. I was staying in like one of those crappy model houses that, you know, I it was an Airbnb. I dragged all my shit out there. A lot of these guys could go right back home or they were working full time as go-go dancers so they could just borrow stuff yeah. from their friends and they, could, and they could sleep at night, which I couldn't. Everything was in a rental car. Ugh. So, I mean, there was, there was a, an aspect of being remote moved at a certain point things got so bad at this like weird house i was staying at it wasn't really a house it was like a bunch of bunk beds with people who had been like kind of kicked out of their houses oh so they didn't like okay okay i i missed that at first they, they didn't house you for this no. they just oh wow you no. had to find your own place it was 100 percent self-financed and 100 percent all that so it's basically camp oh. Kiki except like, but at know. least we had a place to stay. Yeah, I know. Well, but the, the, oh, oh my god! Hold on. But there was the guy who um, I'm sorry, I can't remember anyone's name. The, the guy who like was in his car. What's his uh, name? Max. Uh, Max Adonis. Max. Yes. First of all, loved him. I, re- I liked him a lot. Yeah, um, was, he's awesome. Yeah. But and, but he had to like stay in his car for that whole thing. He was parked right outside the studio. So, I, I, okay, but he had. I hope a, they get the like hotels li- for season two. Like I don't know, but he, but but they he had a he had a camper that he stayed in. Wow, so he, had a, he had he but he drives out around the country. So right. I'm assuming that it's kind of normal for him. Yeah, he's a bit more used to it. But, but I'm like I honestly I mean I you're, you're taking a financial cut. Like, you know, you know, you're going to be, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to be hit with this. And I was like, this is go-go dancing. I have to get this thing together in three months. Where the fuck am I going to find all the resources and money to put together something that I could be proud of? So like, if you give me time, then I could produce. But at this point, mm, I'm just going to save where I can and I'm just going to stuff some things in my car. But I didn't have a home base. Yeah. Yeah. I was staying in these crappy places. And at one point, Steven let me stay with him because it got so bad where I was because they didn't like how how, uh, how happy I was. It it wasn't (laughs) the most accepting environment that I was in when I was um, where I was staying. It was kind of brutal, but that's expected when it's an Airbnb. But yeah, I mean, it was interesting to meet the people. I honestly hadn't worked with other go-go dancers in forever because my only thing was just drag entertainers and then suddenly i'm thrust into this environment where there's emphasis a lot on thrust yeah <laughs> yeah a lot of these guys know each other because they've been working together full time full time as mm-hmm. go-go dancers in, the, in that situation so i brought what i could but like at the end of the day it's like what do you expect i and honestly like i i'm not that guy i'm more of a comedian i don't even know if i'm a comedian i don't take myself that seriously i might look like i do and i spent like the the majority of my like when people saw me career with a backwards hat trying to look like everybody else because that's what made money but if i had it up to myself i'd be a total whack job and i would continue (laughs) to be a whack job and like be an artist so it's kind of difficult to like fit that into what you'd assume a go-go competition would be, but I guess that's what they wanted. I I don't know. It it's all up in the air. Who well, knows? I th- I think that is a testament to why you're so such a great fit with the Camp Wanakiki yeah, folks. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I definitely want to talk about that. But first, we do need to take a break. But before we get into that, let's do some plugs, and we have a new five star review. So, uh, what do you want to do? You want to start with a five star review? 
Sure. So this new five-star review comes to us from EDAWS06 on Apple Podcasts. And as a reminder, you can write your very own five-star review for us on Facebook or Apple Podcasts. And if you do that, you can hear your very own words from our mouth holes to your ear holes. So the title is Your Favorite Alabama... It trails off right there. You hear about events as two non-binary drag artists from Alabama talk about the craziness in their lives. Flap and Fawn are amazing entertainers on the pod and in person. Thank you, EDAW06. They must not know us that well. Yeah, it was very straight to the point. Normally people write very long and boring stories that we have to read. Uh, <laughs> but I appreciate oh it. <laughs> no, the longer and boringer the better, please. Write us five-star reviews. That helps us um, get the algorithm on our side. Yeah. Um, and as for some of our plugs, Flapjack is doing the Camp Wanakiki Season 5 viewing parties. Blow and poppers! Will and be available. <laughs> the day that this episode drops, I will be the special guest. Yay! Also, I'm going to squeeze an extra little plug in here. Go for it. Um, June, I think, 17th. I'm, I should have had this ready. We are doing a benefit for Take at Black Market at noon. And um, this is the House of God X, right? Yes. Karis is putting that together. Miss Central Alabama Pride 2023, as well as Darinisha, who is your other Miss Central Alabama Pride 2023. Yes, love her. Um, and we've got a great cast lined up for that. Twat will be there. I will be there. Venus will be there. Twat I think Bond. Yes, Twat Wyland. I, I heard her on the on your show. Oh yeah, Twat is amazing. Um, they make a really big difference here. Yeah. Um, also on that same day, I will be doing a benefit for Addison T. Von Trell's Miss Glamorous Newcomer Package that will be at the dive bar in Montevallo, Alabama. You can come out at 10 p.m. to that. Um, also, we have our next family-friendly drag show that will be held on Saturday, July 8th at Birmingham Festival Theater. That lineup will be announced soon and tickets will be, on, will be available soon at bftonline.org. And then on the second Wednesday of every month at 7.30, we're hosting our drag bingo at Highwire Brewing. We will have Riley Poppy Seed lined up for July. our July. Wow. Um, I know. Because Ooh, June will have passed by the time that this episode drops. But So come out July to see Riley. It's going to be amazing. Um, as well as Miss Magic City Comedy Queen Prelim at Birmingham Festival Theater on Sunday, January 14th, 2024. Yes, and I want to emphasize that this is huge, huge news. We're bringing the first ever Alabama Prelim for the National Miss Comedy Queen pageant right here to Birmingham, Alabama. With that, I definitely want us to put our money where our mouth is when we're saying that we're gonna, we are gonna want to foster these environments with uh, more comedy and campy entertainment. So come on out. If you are interested in competing, it'll be a $100 entry fee. Um, those tickets will be about $27 per person. So start saving that money now. It's in January. That's Martin Luther King weekend uh, of 2024. Well, Eddie, do you have anything you would like to plug and promote before we move on into our break? Well, I don't know. You could just find me on, on the porn tube sites now because <laughs> I'm not doing just for fans anymore. Oh, no more JFF? No, no, no. I can't handle the customer service. Oh. I need my paperwork in order. I'm, I work from home now. No more <laughs> traveling around. I'm not going to do any studio work. It's just money based on ad revenue. Thank you. Take it for free. Just for fans. Yes, you didn't do your paperwork. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll be right back talking more to Eddie Danger. Mm-hmm. 
And we are back talking to Eddie Danger, also known as Ranger Danger on Camp Wanakiki. Hey. And let's talk about camp. Awesome. I mean, it sounds like you have a pretty campy background yourself. Yeah. So so how did this Camp Wanakiki thing happen for you? Well, the sugar bakers reached out to me and they said that they were talking about a Ranger Danger. And I guess uh, he was in the... um, (laughs) <laughs> He's in the the mix uh, in the throes of passion with um Ranger Bottoms, I guess, and that oh. they wanted to bring this Ranger Danger to life, and um yeah, that's where I came in, and I just kind of spur of the moment uh, come out. It was actually um right before I came, I went out for uh, Go Go for the Gold. So when I said I had to bring my own shit out to Go Go for the Gold, that was with all my stuff for camp too, which you know it wasn't that much, but I was trying to bring enough to 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 like give something to the show so like every time i go out for hey queen i bring options Mm -hmm. so i brought options this time so i had puppets and i had all sorts of crazy shit that i could change into other things like all sorts of different variations of what a ranger would be doing and so that was in there with all my go-go for the gold stuff i had to FedEx some of it home and then buy some new shit yeah because judas elliott actually had to send me something uh that ended up being my promo image for go-go for the gold so luckily that arrived at the Airbnb, that horrible one I was telling you about, it, yeah. it arrived there by by magic, by the grace of God, right before we had to do those promo shows. Well, it looks great. Like, I honestly think you have one of the best promos of all of everyone on Thank Google you. for the gold. Yeah, so. it, it matches. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So camp. Yes, camp. That's where we met. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I know that you were there, I think, for like our first few days of filming. Right, and yeah. Then you disappeared. And uh, But I saw <laughs> that you had the cameo of your puppet on... Our episode with the puppet challenge, yeah. and then you were also on Go Go for the Gold with right. it. So, like, was that? I, I was, I was, I was just curious for myself. Did you? Was that yours? Did the sugar makers make that, and you take it to Go Go no, for the James Gold? No, James Mansfield uh, made it for me a while back. Oh, so that's the one from from James, like yeah. a while ago. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, and, and I slapped a beard on it once I got the beard, <laughs> and then I I brought it to camp, and then I did a little puppet action there, and then I went to go film the Go Go for the Gold. So luckily, I had that with my roller skates. So when you saw me roller skating around, I was yes. trying to get competent enough on roller skates to do something crazy in case Go Go for the Gold wanted me to do an act, which they didn't do that. So I ended up just rolling around on stage, but. Anyway, so hey, so so <laughs> Camp Wanakiki was it was super fun. I had never been to um uh well a campsite. I I don't think I've ever been to a really? campsite. No, and so and then I was in the middle of Wisconsin. Uh, it was it yeah. was a whole lot of fun. And I honestly I got starstruck when I saw the sugar bakers. So you, oh really? You probably did also. For me, it was Ruthie. <laughs> yeah. Well, I saw their big hair, and I yeah. was like, um, "There here. they are! I'm here now. This is fun." Yeah, it's it's so fun. I mean, it, for me, it was the the moment Ruthie turned the corner because she missed the first couple of days of filming, and then she showed up uh, and was like, ah, "Good morning, campers!" Uh, and like hearing that voice, it was like, "Whoa! Oh yeah, my god, we're here!" Yeah. Um, or for but, me, yeah. it's it was the shirts and the and the sugar baker hair. I love it. You know, it's like yeah. the host energy. Yeah. Well. I'm curious if you could talk to us a little bit about your experience in porn. Um, I, you know, honestly, you're probably the only person that I know who does porn at professionally. And um, it's being your friend, getting to know you since filming Camp Wanakiki, mm-hmm. I have personally learned a lot. Like oh, yeah. as a content creator, I, I know that I like to get feedback, right? Like to receive comments and stuff. But I think in porn, that's a, you, you need to... <laughs> not be a creep when you do it, you know? Right. You're running customer service sometimes and people take it a little overboard. Yeah. Yeah. So what's that experience been like for you? Well, uh, it's weird. I've been doing it uh, for my entire adult life. It started off uh, uh, 
really young, but I was doing it with a bunch of straight people, so mm. it wasn't it. They they were just out for business. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I ne- I was protected from any anybody wanting to take advantage of me because they just wanted to get the job done. Yeah. So in all those capacities, when I worked with an entire straight crew, it was always just like let's get them in and out. Even the people mm. that the guys that I worked with were straight and had girlfriends. So this never seemed like anything weird to me. And so it was always it's hard for me to relate to female talent in the straight yeah. industry because I didn't I didn't get dragged through that. You know. Um, in a way that I see a lot of other boys being kind of like maybe stretched a little thin or like put in situations that aren't in their best interest because mm. people are getting more out of it than they are, you know. So I was kind of protected from a lot of that until I got old enough to understand what was happening around me. And then I could like, kind of strategize that way. But yeah, I mean, the studio things were... Uh, weird because when it would come out I I didn't have a name back then like I wasn't really promoting my uh, Eddie Danger um, and I even had a stage name when I was younger um, Christian Lazelle but that was even oh. after the porn thing so the porn stuff was just getting skirted around and and uh, and nobody knew anything about it but it had millions of views on it and I was like oh, well, somebody's making a lot of money and then those mm-hmm. get sold to, uh, to different sites and then those get sold to different sites. So it's always happening in perpetuity. You're the new guy that they got for this brand new site, but it happened 10 years ago. So mm. when you're making studio porn, that's kind of what you're doing. You're, you're getting paid to do a video, which works 100% the way it does in reality television when you hear these people saying, I get hate mail all the time when some new network picks up my show and people start to hate me all anew, wow. like Fifi O'Hara, every time yeah. they aired her season, I had to deal with that. So um, essentially... It's the same thing that's going on with porn because you're never really out of it as long as like those videos are being circulated. So for me, it was always about owning your content and being able to shut it down when you need to. So when it comes to this new world that we're in, when it's only fans, just for fans territory, this is great because it gives everybody an opportunity to make money off their bodies, the the powers in their hands so they don't have to go through the gate kept creep, creep fest uh-huh. that like you have to go through if you're going to be a star. Now, the gay community makes stars out of their boys like (laughs) in the way that the straight community does not make stars out of men at all in fact they like push you to the side and they say you sit the fuck down unless you want to join our gatekeeping community and if you want to join our gatekeeping community then you're actively a part of the problem Mm. so it's like you have to make that choice and everybody loves to tell themselves that this isn't something that's like toxic and there isn't a bunch of weird shit going on they're lying everybody's lying about this shit Mm. but but either way, so with the gay community, the best thing is that that's been going on, at least I don't want to say gay, I want to say queer community yeah. at this point. There, there is this communal effort that everybody is like looking out for each other. You can make videos with somebody on Grindr, like they have just for fans houses out in Fort Lauderdale, like they have content creator sites where you don't have to go through these, these, these creepy organizations that aren't looking out for your best interest and they're going to make the quick buck again and again and again and again. They're they're going to make all their money off of your video that you got paid 800 to $1,000, maybe $2,000 if you're really lucky. Yeah. But you get paid one time, but they get paid forever. Over and over again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ad revenue. All, you're, they're bathing in ad revenue, you know, because you're, you always have that content. And if it's behind a like a like a, a subscription site then they're making even more money. So, But at least now we can get around that by having this... Um, self uh homemade sort of yeah. content because now everybody's on like most everybody is on twitter promoting their only fans and their 
just for fans and they'll be collabing with other people on right. Twitter. Yeah. So it's just like everybody's building each other's brand 100%. Up. And it's usurping the um, the power from the uh, from the studios, yeah. which would knock around these people and use them and take advantage of them. So, I mean, it's uh, studio porn. You need it. You need it to call yourself a porn star because, as we've seen, if you are, if you act in one porn video, then you're known as a porn star. And then you can go run around the country and say, I'm a porn star. That also gets you followers. So you have to manage... Okay, so I do this video for this big company that gets me followers and then I can take that following and then I could throw that into my subscription based platform and then generate my own income that way. So you have to kind of manage what when do I do the big the big spectacles and and kind of give up my um, my ownership of this content that's being produced. And when do I like hold back and, you know, but I've seen people and they make tons of money and not even join the studio world. So, yeah, yeah, there's some people out there that literally will have like millions of followers that have never done studio work and they're awesome wild god god bless them and there are also people who have millions of followers and you don't know why yeah that too i guess there are some chosen few but i but maybe like a niche interest or something 100 percent. but then on top of that when you get into the dirty parts of the community is that when you get into um producing your own stuff at home you have to worry about other people that have uh, wives husbands, kids, things that make them want to take the videos down. And then you got to start talking about when you take that content down. When is it yours? When is it, it mm. when's it appropriate to take it down? And honestly, you got to pe- keep your paperwork in order. Like I was saying earlier, have to keep the paperwork in order because otherwise legalities, yeah. you can be in a serious legal situation. If you don't have a signed document that says you're allowed to post my naked body doing this, this, this online. So you got to have that written. And if you don't, then you're vulnerable, right? And a lot of people that do this, um, do the subscription-based stuff and this quick collaboration, it's great because it builds you up, but a lot of times they don't do it. They don't do the paperwork, so, yeah. Yeah, so now what we're seeing is that those sites are forcing people to like submit uh, identification and all this other stuff, and that kind of deters people from wanting to collaborate with you, well, unless you're a part of the, the, the actual community, so who knows? Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that. That one, honestly, yeah. that was very eye-opening to me. Right. Um, <laughs> it's crazy. Is there any advice that you would give to someone who wants to get into that community? Uh, I, I would say that um, uh, you have to do it for the right reasons and not because you want to get popular. You know, mm. if you if you want to make money, then you have to take it from a marketing standpoint and say, this is my job. I'm going to take it seriously. You arrive on set. You're not here for fun. If there's fun being involved, that's great. But you're building up your brand. You're trying to get as wide a reach as possible. You got to be unique. If you're not going to be unique, then you're going to get mixed up in the rest of them. Unique. Yes. <laughs> this, this whole sort of um, uh, share for share bullshit is like cute and all, but like you need to be something that people are when they're clicking through that share for share stuff that you're unique enough to get a subscriber you know right. so that's that's a huge aspect of this and I, I would you got to get your paperwork straight keep it together what i do is i i put stuff out for free on pornhub and all those sites and the way that that would work is that that you could include your um there's just subscription-based platform link in there and then they can go find you that way mm. so nice. i mean that's good so when something goes viral say on Pornhub, you had something like that recently right yeah <laughs> i was excited I, that 800 uh, no 8 million something i was all excited about it but yes but 800 million 
No, no. no. Oh, I, said, <laughs> I, I was going to say 800, but no. It oh, was my eight, bad. <laughs> 8.7 million, I think. Okay, but still, yeah, that is it, a lot. Amazing. It's, it's a lot of ad revenue. And yeah. like, that's what it comes down to. If your shit is out there for free anyway, and you're trying to get subscribers like this is your way of it's the equivalent of putting a studio porn out there except Mm. they have the following but if you get your own following doing that then you can kind of get out the middleman yeah you get high off your own supply you you are the promoter and then you are also the one on the back end getting the subscribe subscription so yeah that's what i found it's a whole cycle but you have to do it for the right reasons if you want to be popular if you're doing this because you want to fit in or look cute you're not going to look cute that no (laughs) no Every time somebody else is filming you, they're going to get your bad angles. Like that is the bottom Mm. line. Everybody says, oh, I want to be a porn star. But when they see the final product, they're like, oh, I don't like this because I don't like those angles. Well, if you made the fucking videos yourself, then you would get your right angles. Right, right. right. So there's I feel like there's a lot of work that people I feel like there's a lot of people out there that probably like jump in on OnlyFans that are like, oh, I'm going to do this. But they don't realize how much actual work goes in. It's a whole ass job. Between mm-hmm. lighting, scenery, angles. Editing. Editing. Yes. Like literally there is so much that I'm like, cause like I had thought about it for a while, but I was like, that is a lot of work and I don't know that I have the dedication I to mean, do it just, myself. Just this content we create, like yeah. making a podcast, yeah. there's so much work that goes into it. So yeah, I, I mean, I can't imagine also, this is an audio only platform, which I think is probably one of the easiest to do. <laughs> I mean, having to do video too. Uh-uh. Mama, no, that's too well, much. Well, you got to be worried about like what you say on this and like yeah. how it's perceived and all that. But then, I mean, getting into that territory, you have to stand by your work yeah. and you have to stand mm-hmm. by the people you work with. Now, if the people are having a problem, then that reflects poorly on you. We've seen a lot of collaborate people collaborating with folks that have done some horrible things and you got to take yep, that yeah. off and you know how much money you're losing because you're not you don't have that included. Yeah, it's it's just it's wild. But also like it's a job. It's a whole ass job and you have to garner subscriptions. That's really what it comes down to. And people usually just forget they've signed up and you just empty their wallets anyway. So. <laughs> yeah, but it's not a last resort is, yeah, is what I'm saying. Right. It's not a last resort. And you also have to deal with the fact that the people around you are going to perceive you a certain way once you have that because you can't shake that stink off of you, right? So you say, <laughs> I am doing OnlyFans now. You have to commit and you have to... And if you're concerned about the people in your vicinity finding out that you do this shit, come up with a new fucking name. Yeah. And then you create a new identity on Twitter and then you can be... Uh, uh, Sally fucks a lot. Sometimes having a new identity on Twitter is not enough because people still find it. Yeah, well, that's true. You're going to be recognized. You're going to get weird looks. Even if you don't post face, it still gets found because I've had that brought up to me in (laughs) dressing rooms. Yeah, but you have to be able to face it. And I I, honestly, I've always felt like my superpower in life was having done porn so young because it forces you to say, okay, well, I have to own up to this shit all the time, everywhere I go. Transparency is is, is the... We're not withholding anything. The whole world knows what you're up to. They know what your asshole looks like. So you got <laughs> yeah. you can't have any secrets. No skeletons in the closet. If you start with no skeletons in the closet, you got it's so easy to live a free life. Yeah, you get to finish with no skeletons in the closet. <laughs> and all, all over people's faces. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Shooting hot skeleton all over people's face. <laughs> well, Eddie, I, I, that's bone. The- <laughs> bone man. That's yeah, it's a nice bone. Yeah, that. That's all the questions we had for you for the interview. Is there anything else that um, we would be remiss if we didn't learn about Eddie Danger before we get into our next segment? I, no, 
I mean, I, I think, uh, I think, no, I'm, I, I always talk about working out with these calisthenics, so just do it. <laughs> and sobriety. If your life is a mess, take time to keep your hands busy, slow things down, and ask yourself, am I doing this because it makes me happy, or is it making other people happy? Am I doing this so other people like me, or am I doing it because this is, this is looking out for the betterment of my own life? That's one thing that I talk about a lot. Yeah. So that's a huge issue. I love that. Well, speaking of things that people like, let's talk about some things we don't like. It's time for our favorite segment, (laughs) the flop of the week. This is your our 60 second uninterrupted rant about something that deserves to be flopped in this world. Mm. Who's ready for their flop? I'll go first. Oh, Fawn, you ready? Okay, I'm going to start the timer. People are going to be mad at this when I know. Oh, God. See, mine's kind of controversial this week, too. So, Eddie, are, you are you think about your flop of the week? I'll think. Okay, okay. I'll let it cook. Well, Fawn, it is time for yours in three, two, one. My flop of the week is people that extremely over-edit their photos beyond recognition to where they then just look <laughs> like a generic stock photo in the face. Especially, especially when they do it in a little carousel on Instagram and (laughs) the next thing in a carousel is a video where you can see the completely unedited face. You're not fooling anybody. Who do you think you're fooling? We can literally see the evidence of exactly how you look right there. Excuse me, bitch. 30 seconds. Excuse me, bitch, because like you're trying to sell us this product that is essentially false advertising because it's not even remotely looks like your face because you've what you've done is ran it through face app 14 times Hi, gay. 15 where, seconds to where now you look like buzzy queen in her little <laughs> uh, um screen caps for the for her youtube videos because like nobody looks like that nobody believes you look like that this it's really unrealistic beauty standards can we not just be who we fucking are i love it i agree and that's why over photoshopped photos are fawn's flop of the week or be able to sell yourself in that way in a video yeah. like if you're gonna get a face change in a video in a photo be get a get a filter for your face yeah. the wildest one that i saw recently is somebody wildly over edited the face and made the hips bigger oh and and then it was in a carousel and the next video you can see they really made the hips bigger because <laughs> it looked like they were not wearing pads oh, but it definitely looked like they were wearing pads in the picture yeah, and i'm just like, like set the illusion yeah keep up with it keep it consistent yeah yeah set that <laughs> illusion we need a baby i go oh you, you oh, go uh yeah are you ready eddie yeah let's get yours okay it's okay. time for eddie dangers flop of the week go i've ahead. got the 60 second time already in three two one i hate asking for money I hate it. It's the worst part about being a, a, a an entertainer. I hate asking for it. Just give it to me up front. Like, give it to me before the gig happens so I can be happy. Like, if I'm happy to get on that plane, then then we're all going to have a good time. If I'm happy before I do the show, then I'm, go- I'm going to chum up. I'm going to hang out all uh, across the bar, spending all my time with people because I've already gotten seconds. paid. And I don't have to worry about, like, chasing people down at the end of the night. And, like, when they're coked out and all messed up and have to, like, bet... <laughs> 
Uber. Yeah, d- and beg for my money when I'm like fucking tired. <laughs> and like at that point, I leave the gig and I'm mad because seconds. it's like because at this point I'm 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 distracted by this timer. <laughs> it's it's just really aggravating that you leave the gig being like, oh, thank God I got paid, and mm-hmm. thank God I had. It's a it's a shame that I had to wait around for these fucking people to pay me when they could have done it like when I got there and get a good show with me smiling because I got paid. What the fuck? Disgusting. Yeah, <laughs> and like I just don't get this whole thing. Like I, I don't understand why we can't pay people on time, mm-hmm. or I don't do the Venmo. I don't do the people che- sending you checks afterward because then you're like, okay, well now I gotta nag you in my free time, and then that pe- that presents a contentious relationship between you and whoever fucking hired you. Right. Sorry. Amen. No. Like, and that is why people who don't pay upfront are is Eddie's flop of the week. No, I agree with that 100. percent I hate having to wait for like hours after a show for pay it's the worst and especially it's, when it comes to like um like circuit parties or like these gigs when everybody's on drugs yeah because then like because yeah. then you're like oh my god now my my, my manager's a mess and i look like the buzzkill because i'm trying to go home and go to sleep if they and pay- it's like it's 4 a.m I need an ass. I need to go to bed. Let me go. Yeah. And I have, like, I have an eight to five job, you know? So it's like, I got to get there. Like, especially when it was like open stages when I was first starting and it was like, okay, we're a Thursday or Sunday night. It's 4 a.m. I literally teach a class on Fridays. Can you let me go to sleep? That's why you like, don't really see me out during the week. Yeah. Because I've got to be at work at 6 a.m. the next day. Yeah. I like, mean, I'm in bed by 9.30. Me too. But one more thing, like with sex work, uh, it, people pay the money up front and then give a tip afterwards. If you're doing mm. like some sort of escorting thing, somebody's going to be a lot happier to suck your dick if yep. you have if they already have the money in their hands with chance of more money. Sucking yep. dick and cock. Go ahead. Like, <laughs> go ahead and do what you got to do. But I just like, I don't understand this withholding. It's not like people are going to yeah. walk out and leave. If they do, then they don't have a repeat customer. Right. So work for extra tip money. Don't like withhold the shit until the end. Because then on somebody's mind is, am I going to get this at the end? How am I going to ask? Do I have to overcome all this anxiety that I have to like yeah. just to get this money? No, pay up front. I yeah, yeah I love that that is the yeah. truth it, I always feel so much better at any kind of show that I do when I get that check up front like I'm not gonna run away yeah uh, like you're, could, you're smiling the whole time exactly man. like I, I want to work you know you're totally right like I, you're not gonna get a repeat customer if I get the $50 that you gave me and then run away right. although $50 ain't gonna be worth it <laughs> um, yeah at, at the bar my home bar I just know that it's like the bar's policy they won't give the money until after the show is done which I'm like come on let's let's just pay up front we don't need to be here waiting all night long for the money I, I can't so I mean like for brunch we get our checks as soon as like brunch is over yeah but like we also know we're getting our check as soon like there's no some, way and it's usually nice. sometimes like we're getting them before brunch is even over like we're fi- yeah. finishing the show but that's like, a good gig also, it's a nice gig, so like we don't worry about the money at that <laughs> show. But then, like the managers are always busy running around doing yeah. manager shit at the end of the gig, right. so or at the end of the night they have to wrap things up, they have to do the finances, they got to do all this other shit, and then you got somebody banging on your door, hey, I want to go to sleep, I want to go home, right? How mm-hmm. does that leave you, right? The rest of the weekend, you're just like that person was a pain in the ass because they were nagging me when I was drunk and trying to do this the end of my job, so I can go home. Sorry, I get a lot of opinions. No, that's great. I love to hear it. I remember at Redacted Bar, we'd have to basically go and ask for our checks, and they would just write our checks up for us whenever we went to go ask for our checks behind the bar. Oh, 
That's that's not bad. But I'm just like, you know. It's not awful. You know oh, who's yeah. in the show. Why can't uh, we so have them ready? You wish that they were ready before. Okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah. I, 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 I used to have this guy who would come around and give us the money while we were on stage, being like, all right, well, I just did the, 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 the finances. We're all good. And it was before the night was even over. They handed you an envelope. You shoved it in your underwear. And that was that. Done. I can yeah. go home now. Yeah. Well, I, I wouldn't go home. You, you play it out. But that's how you extend the night because you don't have to say, oh, got to go. Gotta it's go. time to leave. There's nothing worse than like wondering when you're going to get your pay. Mm-hmm. And like, who do I ask to get the pay? Yeah. And, how long is it going to take? And then waiting like weeks? <sighs> no. I have a couple horror stories about that. And it's just like <laughs> one of the last shows I did before the pandemic didn't get paid until they were trying to bring the show back mm. after. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And I'm insane. sure the amount of money wasn't worth the reputation that they sullied no. doing that fuckery. <laughs> no, yeah. it was. I was not happy with that situation. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I think it's my turn for a flop of the week. Um, Fawn, you got the timer ready? I do. I'm trying to decide what... Okay. I think I I know what I'm going to do. Yeah. Let's do it. Three, two, one, go. Alabamians. I'm about to be a hater. Look, we are not that far away from Six Flags. We are not that far away from Disney World. Bucky's is not the appropriate replacement of that, okay? <laughs> it is a glorified gas station. It's a gas station. It does not need to be this mascot that everybody thinks it is. It does not represent us. It does not represent our state. It does not represent who we are as a people, okay? I cannot whew, I cannot express this enough. That damn beaver does not represent me and my life. Beaver... Beaver, but I barely know her. Okay. The last time I went to Bucky's, I had to walk across like a huge parking lot. And you would, y'all, I thought I was going to like a Six Flags or like a, a, a entertainment park, you know, um, with like roller coasters and shit. No, I was just trying to find clean bathrooms and beaver nuggets. Okay. <laughs> also, the people who are employed there, although they are paid well, are frequently racist and homophobic. Mm. And I also believe that it is the home of super spreaders. Oh my God, it's already been 60 oh seconds. God. I was not even paying attention. <laughs> I was no just way. so like caught up with like your. I was I hate not even paying attention. I hate it so much. I yeah. went to a uh, to one of those in Dallas, Texas. So I yes. don't know how Alabama it is. It's, it's well, not it's an not, Alabama it's, thing. I did see a T-shirt with it on it today. Yeah, beaver. it started. I think it started in Texas, but when I yeah. lived in Texas, it was there, and then it followed me here. And <laughs> there. It, like it, it, there's it, one in Auburn. Yeah, it, there's one in Auburn, one in like North Alabama, I think f- uh, like Huntsville area and Maybe. then Leeds. And um, I almost went to the Leeds one today because I was bored. Here's the th- fawn, do not be part of the problem, okay? <laughs> The thing about it is that place is a super spreader for COVID. I have never known that someone went there and then didn't leave like feeling awful. And especially like half the people there like are anti-vaccine. So mm. I've never gotten COVID from Bucky's. Well, you're one of the lucky <laughs> ones, Fawn. I always like going to get my beaver nuggets. <laughs> beaver nuggets. You know all about this. Mark hasn't been yet. And I've been telling Mark that Mark needs to go. And like Fa- we pass no. it every time going to Atlanta. And Mark- I'm like, why do we never stop going to Atlanta? It, it's it right is not there worth on it. the way. Do not do it. No, I'm a hater. I the don't beaver like nuggets. Are, the beaver nuggets are so good, though. <laughs> Especially the cinnamon ones. The cinnamon ones. I don't think I've had those. The cinnamon ones are so good. They're like hmm. in a 
classic like potato chip kind of bag. Wow. Um, You're like from DC, right? D- yeah. Do they have Bucky's in that area? No. Oh, okay, okay. No. It must no. be like a southernish It thing. really is. Yeah. Well, I, I thought you were saying that people from Alabama are saying that it's an Alabama thing. I I, I always thought it was just Texas, but I guess Atlanta and it's now expanded. Yeah. It's like here now. It's a plague. I Wow. My it's mom iconic. got me a Halloween Bucky shirt <laughs> and a pair of Halloween Bucky socks. Spooky. So yeah. after I did my Billboard Alexander Shannara number, um, Jesse s- said that we should do a Billboard themed show, and I think someone should get like multiple of the Bucky's one that's like clean bathrooms in oh three hundred miles, <laughs> clean bathrooms. Oh my in god, we were miles. coming back from uh, Pride on the Plains, and it was like there was a Bucky sign, and I think it said you can hold it, and then it said one hundred seventy-five <laughs> miles. Oh my god! Oh my god! Not in this beaver, okay? Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, we need to get into our news section. So we're going to take a break and we'll be right back with more Eddie Danger after this. And we're back. How you doing? <laughs> I'm walking on sunshine. How are you? Awesome. <laughs> I'm feeling fantastic. Beautiful. Now we're into our news portion of the show. Yes. Okay, so there has been some drag TV. I will admit I'm a little behind on All Stars 8, but I know that, um, spoiler alert, Heidi walked out. So mm-hmm. what did we think about that? Um, as It would not have been the choice that I made, but I support her and her decision for her mental health. Like She knows what's best for her. She's putting all of her looks behind a paywall now. Yeah. So that's fascinating. That well, is interesting. I wonder. I feel like that may change the game. She got disqualified from the fame games because she quit. So she put all of her looks behind uh, the paywall. Well, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Hmm. Well, there you go. Now she's doing this pixelated thing. It's really fun. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I... I recognize that a flaw of mine is that I'm immediately skeptical to things and then I need time to like let it grow on me like fungus. So same for Heidi. I don't know. I don't love this. Um, I'm going to let her, I'm going to let it cook and see Just how I feel about it later. wait till next week on Drag Race based on the preview. That yeah. I heard got. that someone else like tries to walk out and it, it honestly kind of makes me mad. Like I've been in, the, I've been on, not on Drag Race, but like in a competition setting before and I get that it's stressful, but like. It's Especially one, for an all-stars, like, you know what you're getting into. Yeah, but it also, like, you're destroying your brand if you get yeah. on there and they make you out to be an asshole. <sighs> it's you're one like, of those things. I was talking to, like, Mark and Robbie and Bonnie last night about it. I was like, is it one of those things where drag race is changing or are people having higher standards for what they will take for themselves? I think that it's it's because they're creating they've created a whole fandom yeah. of people and then and you know what's on the line. You can yeah. make so much money having a hundred thousand followers and then I exponentially more. You're not gonna go on reality TV so they can destroy your brand and then give you a whole bunch of like, oh well, we caught you looking like this or you said this and you're an asshole. You're ex- you're you're making yourself vulnerable to these monsters who we know for a fact love to destroy careers. Yeah, right. That's true. Yeah, I probably shouldn't judge so hard. I'm I'm interested to see what happens in the future, but I, I don't know. I don't love people walking out. It's but I also a, think that we should have eliminations. It's just a giant uptick of trend with people quitting. And clearly there, I would imagine, is a reason behind it. Mm-hmm. Well, well, it's probably, and yeah. I mean, I, I understand it 100%. I, I think that we all have autonomy. And you what we see isn't 
the duration that they're spending on camera. These are full days. You know, Flapjack. Yeah. This is a whole fucking day. And if something, if if you have to deal with these people, and if you feel some kind of way, I don't know. If if something horrible happened to me in the middle of filming something, and I had a whole other month to sit with these assholes, I don't know if I'd feel all that comfortable. Yeah. And like, do Fair. you really want a contract saying you have to? torture yourself every single day so we can make you out to be an asshole and then every single week of your life probably for the rest of your life this shit is going to be re-aired and all your embarrassments are going to be showcased and reddit's going to go on fire i don't know i get it yeah but but it does destroy the whole um fun of the game mm -hmm. yeah you know i totally agree well because that was the pressure for me and i think why i was in in my head so much at camp wanakiki like i kept thinking about like, I know it's not, like, quite at the popularity level of Drag Race, but it was, like, this is going to define how people perceive yeah. me no matter where I go. Branding. And that that was just a very stressful thing for me and why I had such a come apart in that first talent show, you know, uh, when something didn't go right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I get that, and I probably should be a little nicer to and like, Heidi about it. with Drag Race, too, you could say something two or three times over the span of two days, and they will show it within the span of, like... Five, five seconds. minutes oh, yeah. on Drag Race yeah. because they're editing like sometimes two days worth of stuff down to an hour and you could say something three times over the span of two days that doesn't seem unreasonable but then you lump it together that quick that close and it that's when it seems crazy yeah yeah because that edit really can I mean it's so easy for it to even if they don't mean to like it can make you come across as crazy it's, yeah well it's um, the narrative they want to spin for the show so true. Well, yeah. well, speaking of drag TV, there were some other exciting things that happened this week. First of all, Go Go for the Gold Season 2 was announced. Oh, yeah. So what are we thinking for Season 2? Really excited about it. Some of my friends are on it. And, <gasps> nice. Uh, mm-hmm, yeah. I, I've heard a lot of good things. I, they have a, a bigger budget this time. Nice. <laughs> yeah. They just got an Instagram, so go follow that. Go Go for the Gold. That is one of the things. A lot of the out TV shows don't seem to have Instagrams. Yeah. Hmm. Well, well Camp Wanakiki stepped it up this year, like for Season 5. Yeah. I'm, I'm loving yeah. the uh, solo shots with the oh, backdrop. Yeah. Oh, it looks so much yeah, better. Yeah, I, I mean, I think, I think, yeah. I mean, it's just a matter of leadership, I think, because they they are out TV is giving the opportunity to people um, to produce their own show and then deliver it, like Daddy TV and um, and the for the love of Dilfs and I think mm. Hot House is under that. They are killing it with social media. So I mean, yeah. they they've created. Uh, social media platforms for their stuff and they're doing really well so I think it's really on the onus is on whoever's creating it because that's one of the hard things about like Call Me Mother is keeping up with it there's no hub of social media for Call Me Mother and like So Fierce doesn't have one and season one of Go Go for the Gold didn't have one so trying to find those central hubs was hard. Yeah, it's really weird because now we're not included in the in the mythology. Mm-hmm. So if you like go to the Go Go for the Gold Instagram, you're not going to see the entire first season, which maybe they're not even trying to showcase anymore. But who knows? They should. It was good. <laughs> I I thoroughly enjoyed it. Honestly, um, season one when I binged it this week. Yeah, but it, season two is coming out, so that should be interesting. Can't wait. Do you know when it's coming out by chance? Uh, I think it's uh, next week. I saw the fourteenth, June fourteenth, awesome. being a thing. Nice. Not trying to put you on the spot with that. I'll I'll confirm that and put it in the description of this episode sure. too. I think I'm right though. Yeah. Awesome. June fourteenth. <laughs> we'll see. And then we also had Giselle, or not Giselle, <laughs> well, I guess Giselle, but Queen of the Universe. Yes, and I have been watching it. It comes out every Friday. So what happens is Mark and I will watch that and then we'll go watch Drag Race with our friends at one of the local bars. 
And it's nice. Giselle Barbie Royale is killing it. Yes. I am obsessed with her. I, t- I make a Facebook post every week what I watch awesome. about how great she is. Because she like just it's nice seeing a black trans woman being mm. successful. And like she just has this presence. She has this voice. She has this beauty. I'm obsessed with her. I want her to win. There's such a good cast this season. Militia Scunt from California is on. Um, who else? Love Masisi from Holland. Yes. Uh, yeah. Love Masisi. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked her on her original Drag Race season. Some girl from one of the Italia seasons is on Aura something. Oh, I've not watched Drag Race Italy yet. But wow. yeah, that is exciting. I did see the clip where Mel B like went in on Giselle. Oh, my God. People that pissed mad. me That wow. pissed me off. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. I bet I could find it. Hold yeah, on. go ahead. Um, so what happened is first episode, Giselle sang uh, an Adele song. All right. Uh, Queen of the Universe is filmed in UK. Mm-hmm. And so like a lot of the, pa- like Melby is one of their UK reps. Oh, yeah. And she was like, if you're going to sing Adele, you have to do it better than Adele. Oh my god! I've got it! I've got it! Okay, ready? And the crowd like boos like crazy. Bad mistake. Bad move. You should never have sung that song. Okay. Because <laughs> sorry, unless you're gonna sing an Adele song better than Adele, don't do it. Oh. Or do it in your own version and own it. I love all this. Oh yeah, and that was like one of the only times Melby really went in. Mm. Interesting. That's so strange. Um, and didn't they remove Mel on the next episode? Was she they not a judge? They didn't remove her. She was unavailable that day. Mm. She'll be back. Interesting. Well, I'm I'm excited oh. to pick it up. Hopefully, once Pride Month settles down, I can I can jump back in. But, I, I mean, I I'm guess I it. understand what she's saying about making it your own. Mm. But I don't know. I mean, it's uh, do, what do they do? They say that on American Idol when people sing songs. Like, are they saying? And there like, were so many other people watching the show that didn't really make it their own. Yeah. And yeah. Like, but also, like, and I I listened to Giselle's and I kind of felt like it was her own. Yeah. You know it. I don't know. I'm not a professional singer. But though. that's but that's crazy because that's what uh, that's what they do on American Idol. They just cover other people's songs, yeah. and you're never gonna match like what the original thing thing is. Like <laughs> this cat's walking in. Um, <laughs> yeah, you're, you're never gonna be what the the recording is. So I I, I don't understand the critique, especially in this um, situation. But yeah, yeah. Mel B though, she's not really a singer. She she she, she was more a, of a dancer of the pussycat dolls. Melody, she's Spice Girls. She, <laughs> <laughs> but but she didn't even really. Well, she sang in the Spice oh, Girls, no. but it was Mel C who was the real singer. Yeah, belting Mel things C out. and <laughs> Jerry Halliwell were the bigger singers. <laughs> Sorry, I'm famously bad at not being celebrities. My <laughs> bad. <laughs> Close enough. Yeah, but she, she's not known as a singer. So mm. this is another thing. Like, why do we have all these judges that can't do what they're judging? <laughs> I mean, at least. Apparently, Michelle can sing because she was in seduction. Yeah. Allegedly. And Trixie makes sense. She's like got her own music production stuff going on. Yeah. And Vanessa Williams makes sense. Mm, yeah. Because she can do everything. True. True. Truly. Well, I guess Mal B is like an incredible get for this show. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a I'm sure deal. she's drawing folks in. Hmm. I like her better than Leona was because Leona Lewis was on season one as a judge and she was just too quiet. Interesting. So, speaking of drag TV, though, there was one other thing that I think we have to talk about, especially because we had a Birmingham local who was on TV wow. this past week. 
on The Weakest Link. Um, there was a drag episode featuring Scarlet Envy and Olivia Lux from Drag Race, as well as Birmingham's very own Sierra Simone Campbell. And wow. from what I hear, she did very, very well. I think she made it to the top two. Yeah, good for her. Wow. I mean, I obviously would not go very far on a show like that. Like, you got to have so much knowledge. So props I, to Sierra. It would depend on the day on how far I went. There's some days that I feel like I could not do a really Tuesday, good. but did the host uh, insult everyone like they usually do? I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. Like, how do you insult drag queens like that? It's really I, easy. I mean, like, yeah. like I mean, <laughs> it depends okay. on the. Although I feel like Sierra would give it right back. So I am. Um, I really need to watch it. I've not had a chance to see it yet, but I did want to shout that out. I think that's a really cool thing that happened. Um, and she got a. She's gotten a shout out on all kinds Ooh. of stuff. So I'm like, oh my god, another Birmingham queen. Like that's amazing. Because th- this is also coming off of the Queens of Birmingham documentary about the bar Alice on Seventh and the Dreamcast there. Oh. So yeah, Sierra has gotten a lot of screen time recently. So good for her. It's awesome. In other news, there was a death this week <laughs> that I couldn't be more excited about. Oh, yeah. Pat Robertson has died Bye. at the ripe old age of 93. Thoughts? It's kind of too late. Yeah, I know. God, couldn't I have mean, come sooner. I'm going to be real honest. When I first saw it, I thought he was the guy that founded Chick-fil-A. Truett Cathy? <laughs> <laughs> I saw where a lot of people thought it was Robert Pattinson <laughs> from oh, wow. Twilight. But yeah, no, Pat Robertson, if you're not familiar, he was the, um, I mean, he's the broadcaster who helped make religion like a really central topic in the um, Republican Party. And honestly, I remember growing up, you know, I come from a family who's not super accepting of queer folks and a lot of his shit was spewed all the time. Oh, yeah. um, so good riddance. Didn't, didn't he found the like Christian TV network? The 700 Club? I think so. Was he that? I think so. Uh, I I'm woefully idea. ignorant on Pat Robertson. <laughs> oh. Well, he's dead. He's yeah. not relevant anymore. <laughs> and um, I hope that he's enjoying Satan. <laughs> that was very loud. Um, <laughs> totally. 93, man. That's that's a little late. That's that's yeah. my big opinion on that, is that like it sucks that... Like so many people that are doing really good things die at such a young age, and then you got fuckers like that that get stuck up to life support forever, mm-hmm. you know. But now the money's distributed, redistributed back into the masses. So yeah. maybe uh, this is one by one, all the oppressors are going to die. So this is just another one of the same. Another one bites the dust. Yep, and they'll all be gone soon. I watched a couple Queen documentaries this week. I was hyper fixated. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of dust. All the smoke in the air oh. in Toronto and the New York and other cities. We got it in, in D.C. Oh, you did? Yeah. The, what was that like? It was weird. I mean, I, I was out in Los Angeles when they had the same similar things, so I'd seen it before, and mm. I wasn't that jarred by it, but it really got in the way of... Uh, we got to, like, beyond toxic levels where we were. Like, you couldn't... It just looks overcast skies, but it's the most beautiful day ever. Nice and warm out, but there's a weird feeling around you. Yeah. yeah. We had so, a air quality alert. Yeah, I think Thursday. Oh, mm-hmm. we did. Yeah, I did not even notice. Yeah, we got it pretty bad. They were like, they were showing us all these graphs. That we were like in like the deep red or something. So it was yeah. like, uh, I mean, it's just smoke. It's normal. We smoke cigarettes, so I guess fair. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but that is jarring. What happened in um in New York? It's it's really shocking to see. 
I just think it's Hillary chain smoking cigarettes and the <laughs> smoke is making its Hillary way down. Yes. Yeah, Hillary yes. It's, it's, she's to blame. She, she saw that season five was coming out. And was like, ah, can't take the stress. <laughs> she's, she's fuming. <laughs> Literally. Um, Did you see that there is a new album that just got released by Janelle, Janelle Monet? I did. I haven't listened yet. It is so good. I will be seeing her when she comes to Avondale Brewery. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. Well, that's all the news I had, and I'm excited to hear about Giselle's album. So it's time to close Janelle. out our... What did I say? <laughs> God damn it. Woo, y'all. Might be, might she's be. a member of the Cheetah Girls. It's okay. Yeah, she is a member of the Cheetah Girls. Um, yeah, it's just like Raven was a part of... Um, fuck it, I don't know. Listen to the episode. Uh, Fawn of the Week. <laughs> Fawn of the Week is our chance to shout out something that is really positive in the world, since there is often so much negative news. Hmm. My Fawn of the Week is going to go to everyone. So I had a video. I mentioned it in our last episode that the Alexander Shannara video was kind of going like locally viral but it's it's really picking up the pace I've gotten like 500 followers just from that video awesome. which is I'm really excited about I plan to do that number at uh, Central Alabama Pride Pride Fest this weekend I think it's gonna be really fun um, so yeah call me Alabama uh, my fawn of the week is uh, the Quest AFAB night that I stumbled yes. into last night it's not a lot of cities that you have an AFAB night during pride very true and that's it you know mm-hmm. it's just it's incredible that they have like that many performers and they give them a whole night like that's super rare yeah. everything in dc is homogenized like we don't have much diversity going on so it's really refreshing for me to see so that's my fun of the week birmingham you're doing very well oh, i'm i'm glad to hear that you know it, it's not something that happens all the time but they do occasionally have those afab nights and that is that's a nice thing to have amazing my phone of the week is going to go to the Pride on the Plains. I'm glad you said it. I was like, that's my second one. <laughs> um, because they are, they were literally like, I've Amazing. said it a million times, the best Pride organization that I have ever been involved with. Yeah. Um, it was so organized. It was so clean and professional. I didn't have that's any questions. Twi- Wylan was going on about it on the oh, line. It was so good. <laughs> it was so good. Like, and... For context, this Pride organization has only been around for six years. Mm-hmm. And oh, I did not know that. They wow. made all of the entertainers feel so special mm-hmm. and welcome. Everybody felt great. It was a great time. Organized communication. Like, That's I cannot give impressive. them enough props. That's very impressive, especially for six years. Some of that being the pandemic. Like, the amount of care that went into it, it really was special. Like, they even knew about my my weird thing with my hot feet, and they had a cooler just well, for my hot listen, feet. Wow. They like, listened to the pod. They so. had your rider. <laughs> they did. I need to have that in my rider if, if <laughs> I get a rider. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, is there anything else that we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about in this week's episode? Stream Sodom and Gomorrah by Dorian Electra. Work. Well, thanks, everyone, again, for listening to Flapping and Fawning. And thanks for joining us, Eddie. You got it. for listening to Flapping and Fawning. Music by Elliot Nass. Promotional art by Danny Lee. Hosts are Flapjack. Oh, hey, that's me. And I'm Fawn. 
You can follow me on Instagram at fawn.fawn.fawn. And you can follow me over at Instagram as well. And pretty much any other social media platform at flapjquellen, F-L-A-P-J-A-C-Q-U-E-L-I-N-E. Connect with us on social media on Instagram at flapping and fawning pod and on Twitter at flap and fawn pod. Oh, and make sure you check out the links in our bio to buy some merch. You can also connect with us via Gmail at flapping and fawning pod at gmail.com. See you next time. Bye. Ta ta.